0: Hello and welcome to The Banker's podcast series, Banking Under Pressure, exploring how the financial services industry is coping with the COVID-19 pandemic. In this series, we're interviewing industry experts from around the world to gather insights and advice on specific challenges, best practices, and innovations that can help banks and their customers manage during these tough times. I'm Joy McKnight, Managing Editor of The Banker. My guest this week is Charles Dellingpole, CEO of Comply Advantage a regtech startup that uses machine learning to wipe out financial crime. Thanks so much for joining me, Charles. Great to be here, Joy. Excellent. Uh, So if my inbox is anything to go by, it seems like the crooks and the fraudsters are, you know, really taking advantage of this uh, crisis situation. Uh, In terms of what you're seeing, what types of financial crime have increased in this time?
1: Yeah, so... um, I guess this first wave of crime that everyone saw in their inboxes mm. was, as you pointed out, this, um, everyone trying to take advantage of the different forms of ransomware attacks and scamming and, and and also the kind of trillions of dollars of government money then in the second wave going out to businesses and consumers. Um, mm-hmm. And so very early on, we saw all kinds of issues with fake online vendors or um, different types of fraud selling fake goods or trying to um, fish people into it to be able to steal their money. I think perhaps the next wave at the point where you have, say, in the US, two trillion dollars of money being dispersed Mm. and then in the UK, thousands of different business loans being um, sent to companies. um, It could be that there is a kind of gestation period whereby in a small period of time the next big scandal is all the fraud that's happening with all the the government funds being taken. So in the short term phishing and fraud and then probably in the medium term a lot more scams around the government money being stolen.
0: Mm -hmm. So how do you think banks can best protect themselves but then also their customers obviously um, from these kinds of attacks?
1: So I think the big thing that everyone's seen is every form of industry and client type behavior change. So Mm. um, I think the kind of different forms of the COVID impact, the impact of restaurants or impacted online stores. And I think behavior has changed completely in terms of the individuals have been drawing down a lot more cash to pay for lack of wages. So. If you're a bank and you're trying to understand patterns of behavior, then those patterns of behavior have changed completely in the past few days. Mm. Um, and therefore, if you're trying to spot anomalies or patterns, it, it's very, very difficult. So I think um, that's definitely been a huge challenge. And then similarly, if you're one of the banks that's been mandated by the government to suddenly disperse billions of dollars to actors that have never previously received government assistance then you have to understand are there tons of checks going out to the same address um is this person um someone who's receiving funds for stolen goods or fake goods that are linked to the pandemic so Mm. i think i think really there are all kinds of challenges that the banks have to deal with and it's not necessarily easy to react so i think Fundamentally, they have to be very quick to adapt. I think most banks had very good disaster recovery plans from Mm. 2008 um, and, say, from IRA attacks in the 80s. So I think um, particularly what we've seen is that the big banks have been back at their desks working much quicker, say, than the smaller um, entities that might not necessarily have been used to working from home.
0: Okay and can sort of technology like machine machine learning can that be applied here to uh, really understand those new sets of patterns? like I'm wondering how quickly that those um, uh, uh, you know models can be sort of uh, refitted in order to understand what's happening now
1: yeah so I, I think um, in terms of spotting patterns and risks, what we did very early on was pick up the actual entities themselves who've been accused of stealing money or mm. being linked to fraud so we have various examples of people being prosecuted in the courts in january and february for selling fake medicines or fake goods that had no fda approval or mm. being cleared by nice right so um so those specific entities were going kind to of block from receiving funds very early on and then in terms of other entities that could pose a risk, Um, those were in our database um, the same day that they were publicly known about.
0: Um, And another area that seems to um, have a lot of attention being put on it at the moment, and obviously something that banks really have to deal with, is around uh, the sanctions regime. But I guess my big question today is, you know, what are the ethical implications of sanctions during a pandemic crisis like COVID nineteen,
1: so the the kind the, of simple way of putting it is kicking someone when they're down. In terms mm. of um, it, if the US had pre-existing sanctions on Venezuela or Iran and is now denying them critical medical goods, then there'll be people dying because of that. I mm. think, um, I think that argument was already there. Um, in terms of um, the kind of financial impact. But then when it's made a lot more tangible, um, then the, the public outcry will be even more severe. So I think what we've seen the past few weeks is with Venezuela um, offering regime change, specifically if um, in exchange for goods and services linked to the pandemic outbreak. And then we've seen um, the... The, the Europeans particularly Germany um, open up barter trade mechanisms with Iran to try mm. and circumvent US sanctions. So um, I think um, the US and the EU have relaxed their sanction regimes or at least try to um, accelerate their policies on sanctions in exchange for medical assistance during the pandemic outbreak. Okay.
0: Um, and my last question is really around FinTech, you know, how do you think the this global pandemic will really have an impact on uh, the FinTech community?
1: Well, I, I think that's a great question. Um, I, I think um, in terms of seeing like FinTech as a monolithic um, sector. Um, firstly, it's not a, um, the, the whole sector isn't immune to the underlying changes by FinTech. But probably what it means is that the long term structural growth drivers are probably going to be intact. so um, so I think um, if you're a payments company, suddenly everything's shifting from cash to online, and there's no way that visa or Mastercard could have bought that level of assistance. Mm. Um, I, I think if you're a cross-border payments company, then doing remittances, then all the all the migrants have gone home, and therefore there'll be less flow. Um, If you're a digital bank, then that will probably help you because that means that suddenly um, people have to interact via the app rather than in branch.
0: Um, Mm -hmm.
1: But for those kind of smaller banks that were still loss-making, it's going to be much more difficult for them to acquire customers. Um, I guess the big one is alternative finance, as in what we saw um, yesterday was that Cabbage, which Mm. is a US-based wholesale lender that securitizes its lending, as in um it'll act as a kind of warehouse for funding. They ha- they've had to entirely stop lending and they'll run down their loan book, right? So I mm. think um if you talk to these SE lenders, I think a big issue is gonna be that um it could either wipe them out or it could make them. Um but I think probably people right now are more concerned about being wiped out. And I think the the the, the kind of scale of funding, I think yesterday it was announced that only two thousand natural loans have been made under mm. the government guarantee scheme. Whereas switzerland or germany have made far more so i think um on a sector by sector basis the the impacts vary hugely but fundamentally moving away from cash will be accelerated by this shift Um, a lot more e-commerce as in amazon um all the kind of remote firms will, will, will do a lot better um i think um a lot of companies will also have to do better at supporting SMEs. So, I, um, I think fundamentally the, the big shifts will be the importance of technology and the kind of acceleration away from retail. Um, and those companies like Eccardo or Robin Hood that have been able to do well with technology in the past few weeks will mm. only go on to win in, in, in a much more pronounced way.
0: Do you think it will have the same impact, let's say, in the dot com bubble when the dot com bubble burst? um in there in like 2000 do you think it will have that same kind of shakeout impact
1: the underlying point is financing and mm. like debt markets um and in particular dollar debt um two weeks ago um you, i i think what you saw was a kind of 15 percent decline in the dollar and then a kind of 10 percent appreciation in the space of like a month which mm. is kind of to do with the dollar fed swap lines so i think um I think companies like Uber or or um, WeWork were already precarious and relied mm. on cheap financing. So, so I think debt um, now, particularly um, for startups, is a lot more hard to come by. Um, I think I think what we've seen in terms of startup funding, I think um, probably there was like a twenty thirty percent decline in pricing. I think those people with term sheets that were signed before. Um, those deals closed but mm. the ones where the term sheets weren't done have taken massive haircuts to the mm. previous price right so um but i think those those models that relied on kind of massive customer acquisition um at very poor like arbitrage in terms of the cost versus the, the value per client acquisition will, will, will struggle so, so, so i think fundamentally you're going to see a much more different world um particularly in an l-shaped recession mm. um so i think yeah i i think um if anything it'll exacerbate those trends that we saw beforehand whereby companies like softbank that couldn't succeed in a pre-pandemic environment um those 150 investments will struggle even more right mm. so i think um yeah I, I think um the kind of cleansing effect of wiping out a lot of marginal startups and then allowing the ones that were doing well to gain scale. Um, mm. So yeah, I mean, um, like the whole taking from the poor and giving to the rich, like, like, mm. like um, the, the, the distinction between winners and losers will be a lot more pronounced than it was before.
0: Okay, all right. Well, great. Thank you so much for your insights, Charles. And thanks to our audience for listening. Keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcast on iTunes, Spotify and Acast and follow our discussions at thebanker.com slash podcast.